You're listening to the Even Odds Podcast on the Constructed Criticism Network. Here are your hosts, Mason and Trey, and thank you for rolling with us. to the sixth episode of the Even Odds podcast. I'm your host, Mason, and I'm joined by my official podcast studio provider, Trey McLarnon. Hey, everyone. <laughs> I couldn't think of a funny thing to say, and I was like, I'll speak the truth since we use everything at your house for the podcast now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And for building magic decks and for doing most other activities. Whoa, I use my incredibly <laughs> large galaxy brain meme for that, so I don't know what you're talking about when it comes to that. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about this real quick because I put a little blurb at the last of the in front of the last podcast, which I don't know if you heard or not yet. But we are weekly now. Yes, so. going to be a big change. Twice the fun, double the flavor. <laughs> exactly, the evens and the odds every week now. So you won't have to think about which week's on, which week's off. We really like where the podcast has been heading, where it's growing, and we just wanted to commit more to it and see like if we put in the effort and stay on top of it, what will happen. So. Yeah, what we've shown from this is that, you know, we originally started doing this is after CC, we had people who asked us to have more, and they wanted more content from us, and so we started it up, and then we started doing it every other week, and people were like, we want more, and what we've proven uh, in a very short amount of time is that we will cave to your pressure. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so next, week, next week has to be a Keyforge podcast, since that's the way everything seems to be heading right now, and then Arena in two weeks from that. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Artifact. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but speaking of arena, we have a pretty interesting topic today. Uh, we're going to be doing the great debate, as I called it. Uh, we're going to be debating arena versus MTGO. Uh, just so you know, we're recording this on the week of Thanksgiving. So this episode is going to be a bit shorter than normal. Uh, episodes are going to probably stay the same length going forward, 45 minutes to an hour. But this week, we're trying to hit for like 30-ish minutes. And we just want to make sure that we're getting this out there for you all still. Because we said we're going to go weekly, and it's like, oh, it's Thanksgiving week. We got plans, so we wanted to get this episode done, get it out to the people. Right. But, but we wanted to dive into this topic. This has been a lot of this floating around on the old Magic Twitter, and we thought instead of dedicating 140 characters to it, let's try to dedicate an episode to this and, and get all of these arguments about these programs into one place. Yeah. So we're going to talk more about that in a second, but first we have to read an ad from our sponsor. Uh, that's right. Once again, we have a, a wonderful sponsor, uh, Ultra Plate, with a new product. Uh, hello, fellow Magic competitor. It's that time of year again. We have all felt the opening touches of winter's bitter embrace. And if you're anything like me, and I think you are, you are feeling that chill in your dry, cracked hands every time you leave the relative safety of your home. But you don't have to suffer that extremity and dignity anymore with hand sleeves from Ultraplate. That's right, hand sleeves are supple black matte leather sleeves for your hands. And they will keep your precious monos safe and warm for the winter weather. Trey, are those just gloves? No, 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 no. Certainly not gloves. Those are hand sleeves from Ultraplate. Don't leave home without them. Check them out and use promo code definitely not just gloves. Wow, Ultraplate's really innovating on the handwear scene. I like that a lot. Um, but let's get into our main topic here because, you know, we, are, we do want a short episode. We want to make sure we get it done. So for this point of the episode, uh, I'm going to be talking from the perspective of Arena and defending it when it comes to points. And Trey is going to be talking from the perspective of Magic Online. So much like a debate, if you ever did in high school or college or anything, this might not be how we really feel, but this is how we're talking. And at the end, we're going to reconvene and give some of our actual thoughts, whether they be different or confirm, like, this is how I really felt. So 
Trey, do you want to start off with the the biggest thing in Magic Arena versus Magic Online? Yeah, Magic Online's the best. Magic Arena sucks. <laughs> so, opening statement. Yeah, it's uh, a short episode for this uh, Thanksgiving yeah. week, so uh, make sure to tell your family you love them, and we'll see you all next week. <laughs> no, um, I uh, want to talk about the players. Yeah, I mean, I think that the big thing is that, you know, Magic Online, one of the benefits that you get with it from playtesting versus playtesting in person uh, or going even to your LGS is that the average competitor that you face in a Magic Online league, particularly competitive leagues, is a step above what you would see at an FNM or just at your LGS or likely even in your own play group. And that you have the ability to play against better uh, technical players because they're incentivized to do it. They're playing in a competitive environment and Magic Online on the regular basis because of the tournament system and the league system that's there. And a lot of the people that are testing and playing on there are also regular GP competitors uh, with regularity or SCG series competitors. And so you get access to a higher caliber of player uh, from what you would get on Arena or what you would get even most of the time in your local area. Those are very good points, you know, and I think they're true. But uh, when it comes to Magic Arena, Trey, I think the biggest factor is that it's so accessible to everyone, and we already have pros jumping on it, and the program is just a better program than uh, Magic Online. Arena has the upside of the interface being smoother, which speeds up game, which is something else we'll talk about later. It's more efficient, and it's just easier to play. It's less taxing, you know? Uh, We play a lot of Magic Online between us. I mean, an unhealthy amount of Magic Online. And we can both say that it's a lot of work to play. Now, Arena, you still have to stay engaged and stay active, but, like, the auto-tapper, for the most part, like, the only time I ever have problems with it is when I play five-color decks. Like, the rest of the time, it basically does it perfectly. And you can still tap your lands if you want to. So it's, like, not the huge thing. But we have people like Seth Mansfield, Brian Bronduin, they're, uh, Brad Nelson. They're all tweeting about how, like, they're using Magic Arena. I'm sorry, I said, I meant Sam Black, not Seth Mansfield. Uh, Sam Black, he was tweeting about how he did a lot of his early playtesting for Pro Tour Guilds of Ravnica only on Arena. So that's pretty huge. I know Jake Tilk, he's a bronze pro and host of the Tackle Lethal podcast. He did all of his playtesting uh, play for Constructed exclusively on Arena. Um, and by the way, I just thought we didn't mention this at the start, but we are talking only about Standard today on Arena. We're not going to cover Limited or anything like that. We're just talking Standard uh, compared to Magic Arena. But, uh, you know, Jake day two his uh, Pro Tour, and he only tested on Arena. So it's not like your average play level of your opponent is that low. I would say, I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like the average player when I'm playing in a competitive event, which is what I'm really talking about when I come to Arena, I'm not talking about the best of ones where they fix your hand. I'm not talking about the quick play bad ladder. I'm talking about the competitive events where you put gold on the line to get gold back. I feel like it's like a PPTQ level, like honestly. Yeah, you talked about putting gold on the line, which is this weird fictional currency that doesn't have any value or mean anything. <laughs> sure, but tickets only have value as long as Magic Online's around. Uh, we all assume tickets are worth about a dollar, but like they're not really worth a dollar if we say they're not worth a dollar. End of story. <laughs> and gold is worth 47 full blots, which is as far as I can tell. I don't know what any of it's for. But uh, one thing that I do want to say on your point, okay, yes, there are pros who are saying that they're going to arena and that that does increase the possibility of playing against high caliber players on the program, especially because people who follow those pros are going to be like, well, maybe I should check out arena. And so that can cause people to go in that direction. But I think that it's also important to remember the difference between the way pros test and what it is that they're testing for versus what someone like you or I oftentimes are testing for. If a pro plays on arena and they play a bunch of pe- against a bunch of people who aren't particularly good, they can still get valuable information because they might be trying new cards or trying new interactions or trying to fine-tune lists, and they're not necessarily having to just practice the technical aspects of the game. And if things are a little sloppy or things are a little crazy, 
as we've all seen on plenty of Brad Nelson versus live videos, his playtesting doesn't always have to be the tightest. Um, they're still getting information because that's not what they're looking for. But as you are developing your game and as you're someone who's on the way up, that playing against highly technical players or highly skilled players is something that you need a lot more because seeing those lines and seeing those tight corners are places where you need to improve more so than just seeing card interactions. Very interesting. I think there's some truth in that, and I'll give you that. But I would argue that a lot of that has to do with the paradigm of the player base looking at um, Magic Arena. And so Magic Arena, we assume players are worse because it's free to play, right? And I admit because there's a higher quantity of players, and like I'll say this, I've played a lot of card games in my life, and I have a lot of friends who have played older other card games coming to Magic Arena and playing this game. So there are definitely a lot of newer players, right? We can tell just by Twitch viewership. We're, we're like one of the top 20 games. We used to be top 30 or 40, right? So we definitely doubled in like people interested in the game or at least interested in watching arena streams, right? We, so there are going to be a higher influx of newer players and they're going to be playing worse. But Magic Arena uses an ELO system, much like uh, Magic Online does when it's trying to pair you against players, right? So you have an ELO, if you didn't know this on Magic Online, you can go check in your settings profile. So it's kind of like the MTG project thing where they try and match you as best they can. Magic Arena does the same thing, but it does it in this terrible way with bronze and silver, which I give no respect to that for. It is a bad system. I'll give them that. But um, it matches you with players like that. And then when you're in these competitive events, I think people are trying their best. And when people are trying their best, and as long as you're trying your best, I think you can still learn from things. Now, I will give you that Brad Nelson, when he play tests, when I play tests, there's a little bit of difference, right? I'm not as mechanically tight as Brad. I've played for literally 11th of the time he's been playing, right? Like, we've been playing years different. So there's a lot of things that I'm still trying to master and get completely under control that Brad already has. But I think you can still do those things against worse players, or worse players in air quote, right? I don't even like using that term because I'm just assuming my opponent's worse than me because they play arena. I think that's really, like, elitist, to be honest. And I don't know where that comes from, except there are more players. And if you're playing against all these bad decks, you're probably not doing well. So think about that for a second. Because I don't play against bad decks anymore. Just saying. Like, I have the, the, the brewiest deck I've played in the last two or three weeks is Mono Green Stompy. Which is like, okay, it's like not a great deck, but that's like a deck. Like, I, I, could, I play against that kind of stuff on Magic Online all the time. Someone's like, I gotta see if Mono Green Stompy's well positioned right now. Spoilers, it's never not. It's never good. <laughs> so, I mean, jokes aside, I think um, Magic Arena really gets like this weird rap about that kind of stuff, and you just assume your opponents are playing worse. But, like, the truth is, you win a lot of Magic games because you play higher than your opponent, and I think that transfers to Arena as well as Magic Online. Yeah, I think that those things are true, and I, I think that we've kind of covered the those are the various points I think that are there between the issue on players. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you're also going to be in a weird place right now with Magic Arena as far as the type of decks that you're seeing, which is a thing that you hit on. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think we should talk about that a little bit too, sure. as to what type of decks it is that you're going to see between the two programs. Is that because Arena is new, you're going to have people who are going to gravitate towards playing an established deck or playing a real deck as far as things are concerned right now, because they're trying to build a collection. Yep, I agree. In Magic Online, I think that you're going to have and see right now, people are incentivized to innovate in the metagame and try to push for a competitive edge as far as their deck building is concerned because they're not building up in the economy. They're already established within the economy and they're playing at a competitive level. And so they're trying to push in new directions, which is one of the reasons that the metagame in Standard right now moves as fast as it does is because of Magic Online. And that you are seeing people constantly... like 
uh, innovate and push in that direction. And I don't think that you're going to be seeing that as much and that the metagame on Magic Arena is going to lag behind because people are building up uh, their collections in that economy. And, and so I think that that's a limitation as far as things stand right now in trying to get competitive playtesting in that versus what it is that you'll see on Magic Online. Yeah, for sure. I think that is a fair point. Like on Magic Online, you're going to be seeing decks that are like at the cutting edge, right? Like they're the ones who are trying to like innovate. They're trying to find the next blue red Drake deck or whatever, right? I think that's fair. But I think when it comes to playtesting, I'm not sure if that's as effective as Arena is when it comes to standard. And I'll tell you why. Because when you go to a, a GP or you go to a PTQ, a PPTQ, right? Most of your opponents are going to be playing fairly stockish decks, right? And they're going to be playing these solace established things. Now, to be fair, normally the people who innovate and actually succeed will do better at those tournaments. You don't have to run into them in the later rounds. We call those day two players. Day two, people playing for day two. <laughs> That's fair. right? But, but to be fair, like the last year and a half of Standard, if you played on Arena, it wouldn't have been much different than Magic Online, right? Mono, I'm sorry, Red Black and Blue Black and Fog were like the only real decks. And Mono Red, sorry. Uh, and those were the only options you really had, so they wouldn't have been that different. We're at a weird point right now where people are like, look how healthy the Standard is. If Standard gets less healthy, Arena and Magic Online don't really get much different at all if, if any and i would argue that being able to play against consistently and screen black stuff will allow you to attack metagames almost better so here's the thing i propose along that line let's say i have a deck that is really good against screen black and just got control in theory right but i want to play against those decks if i hop on magical line i'm guaranteed to play against at least one of them in the league right hopefully i'll play against three or four to get a good play testing but you know that's like it right if i hop on magic arena I'm guaranteed to play against Green Black a good amount. I'm guaranteed to play against Mono Red a good amount. So you can actually test these things with a little bit of reliability and more efficiency with your time, right? Where on a Magic Online, other people are trying to attack the metagame as well. You have this thing where it's like, yeah, I like learned what my deck did, and I like got to practice reps, and I got to like where my mana's bad or whatever, but you didn't really learn anything about your deck, and now you've wasted an hour and a half to two hours playing that league, where meanwhile I'm over here, and maybe my opponent wasn't as well, but it's like, it doesn't matter how well you are if my plan actually attacks Green Black, right? I prefer to be, like, queued up against, you know, uh, Jerry Thompson playing on uh, Magic Online versus Jerry Thompson, or versus someone on Arena when it comes to testing my good strategy. But if I play against three or four Green Black decks, I'm going to get a much better feel. Also, it's not like one game is going to tell me, right? It's like, oh, I beat Jerry Thompson on Green Black. Sold! I'm on the deck, right? So I think that there's a little bit of bias and old guard when it comes to Arena on that standpoint. I mean, when it comes to Magic Online on that standpoint versus Arena. I am old, so you have you slipped it in. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Age is coming. <laughs> there are only so many episodes left, my friend. <laughs> yeah, but like, how does an animation of a cartoon dinosaur help you in a competitive environment? How does it hurt you? <laughs> no, no, seriously. I think I think that's I think that's a dumb argument. Like, yeah. I I know you're joking. I can tell, but like, if your argument is that Carnage Tyrant goes roar at your opponent, take a a chill pill. <laughs> I was had something out there. Take a chill pill, dude. Like, <laughs> like it's not the end of the world that Carnage Tyrant does it. Also, you can still play through them. I don't know if you knew this. I learned this just the other day. When Carnage Tyrant is going raw, you can put a land into play and it will just like speed up during the process. So it's not like you lose time like in Hearthstone. Right, where you get t- animation timed out. <laughs> yeah, which also, I, you know, I'm going to be attacked. I'm shooting shots today. Shots fired. People are going to leave with the podcast. Who lost to that like ever? I never lost that, like, ever in my whole life. And I've played so much Hearthstone. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. Other than the old Shutterwalk combos. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Like, when things, yeah. like, broke the system, that's fair. But, like, no one ever really lost because a card said, get in here. Get in here. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I think I think the animation thing is just cool. And also, they're kind of cool. Like, some of them are cool. Now, 
Some of them are lame. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the green, black, mythic rare, the 5-3 that makes the poop noise when it comes into play and goes like, mm-hmm. that is bad. But they can't all be winners. Nico Bolas is balling, Nim Mizzet's balling, Karn Shiner's my favorite. He goes, rawr, in your face. That's awesome. <laughs> Have some fun. I don't know, it's a game. Uh, well, so that hits, the, the, I, I know I said that jokingly, but this does hit onto a, a thing that, that can be also a limitation from a player standpoint. But because of casual games like like Hearthstone or Shadowverse or some of these other the other games, that I, while I know that there are competitive scenes in those things, that a lot of the people who have interacted with those kinds of games do so on a casual basis. Mm-hmm. Like even you and I, who have played a considerable amount of Hearthstone, probably more than most people, play it on a very casual basis. You know, it's a thing that you do to kill time. It's a thing that you do in between phone calls. It's, a, you know, uh, at work. Uh, it's a thing that, you know... <laughs> oh, who said that? <laughs> I don't like being attacked on my podcast. It's, That's a uh, 15. I'm going to cut that out. I keep going. Sorry, I was making notes. <laughs> but yeah, it's a... Um, but, you know, that's a thing. And so that that can certainly be something that I know has impacted when when I've looked at the program is that all of that stuff going on can make it difficult to focus on the competitive aspects of what it is that you're doing. Like you're, there's all of these animations, there's all these other kinds of things going on, and it can make you have a very casual approach to the games. And then you're not putting your best foot forward as far as what it is that you're doing in testing. I think that that is a you problem and not an arena problem. <laughs> so the problem is, is that you're telling me that the animations are too good and they're too, like, they're too much fun and as such you get distracted, which I think is fair maybe the first time, right? Like maybe the first time Nico Bolas comes in and it's like, whoa, that's really cool. I love that. Glorybringer flies down and burns the battlefield. That's really cool. I love that. That's so much fun. But it doesn't really change anything, right? Like, just because Nico Bolas popped up on the screen doesn't mean I'm going to play worse if my if I'm practicing playing better, right? If I'm mm-hmm. going into the thing saying, like, hey, I'm going to play well here and I'm going to play my best magic, what's the difference between that and when my opponent plays Nico Bolas and they go, Nicky B, discard a card, and then finger guns my hand? There's no difference, right? Also, if you're distracted by little things, like... That's going to be a problem in Magic. People are going to talk around you and stuff. So, like, I would argue that there's not much difference between an animation happening and your opponents are being friendly next to you and sideboarding. And if you get paired next to me to GP, I'm going to be talking to my opponent the whole time, so you got to start playing Arena is what I'm hearing. Yeah, you see, <laughs> you're selling car wax from the second the die roll happens. Yeah, I'm like, even odds, like, my podcast, here you go, here's a business card. Hashtag <laughs> always promoting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah... I, you know, on the same topic though, because there is so much focus on Magic Online on graphics, there's so much focus on the aesthetic of it. On on Arena, there's those things going on. There's these animations and everything else. There is a cost that you pay for that, as far as what it is that you're seeing, because a lot of the information that you have that's displayed on Magic Online online is not just displayed, right? Like you don't have uh, your hand as clearly visible as what it would normally be. You have to mouse over or pop up. You don't have your graveyard as visible as what you can do. You can't pop up or customize those things. Things like hand size, deck number, all of that information that's readily accessible on Magic Online at all times are not things that are as easily displayed on Magic Arena. Um, so I will say deck deck size is. I don't know. You can you can actually mouse over the deck. You have to mouse over everything. Yeah, though, you, but you, that's you, what I'm saying for sure. for all for all of the different pieces of the interface. You don't have any other option other than to mouse and click through, and that can be particularly. Uh, uh, arduous on anything involving the graveyard. Like anyone who's cast anything on on Magic Arena, like devious cover up and had to go through and pick your four things, or count undergrowth or anything else. Like Lip- some of those things can be well. Un- so I don't know if you knew this either. For undergrowth, it actually pop up. You just have to hover over your graveyard, and the Golgari symbol pops up and a number that is undergrowth. Just so you know for the future, in case you're listening at home, I will say Lich's Mastery. 
is terrible on Arena. It closes your graveyard every time you click it. I'll give you that. <laughs> it's the worst. But I will say that that is true. But when it comes to hand tracking and other things, Arena gives you benefits. There's there's give and take, right? Like when I unsummon your, uh, you know, Bojack Bodyguard or whatever, right? Whatever his name is, to your hand, it shows it in your hand. So I can just see like, oh yeah, you have that card. On Arena, I have to open up a new tab. I'm an I have to open up a new tab. Some cards work correctly, some cards don't. When I surgical extraction, it doesn't give me a, a view of your hand, but if I thought sees, I do. I don't know why, it just happens that way. So on Arena, it always does that. So there's give and their take, right? Both things have a little extra clunk. And honestly, I think Arena has the potential to improve on those while Magic Online does not. Yeah, and I, I will give an arena point here that one of the problems that they had is that when you have things that go on the stack and the display is there, it's in the way and it, you can't target things around that. And they have already changed that in an update to where you can click that away. So yeah, they you know they are still trying to improve that, but those are those are things that from a competitive standpoint can be difficult. You're having to move the mouse around all over the place. Yeah, um, that, that can be annoying at times for, for sure. Also, from an interface standpoint, one of the things that is a limitation. As far as the, you know, a lot of the times, I know most people who play on Magic Online use hotkeys in some capacity. Whether that's, you know, F6, F8, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. And those hotkeys help the interface as far as having to deal with the clunky aspects of it. Like having to go through and click everything every time is infuriating, and I don't know how you can tolerate it. Gabe Nassif seems to do it at all times. I don't think he's ever hotkeyed anything. But, you know, Magic Online can be arduous to do. And Arena doesn't have that capability as it stands right now. It's all point and click. That is true. I, I will give you that. As of right now, you do have to like click combat, click end of turn. And you, there is a, a little slider that essentially F8s you. Um, and if you have nothing, it's, it's essentially F6, right? So in case you, you know what, I, this is fair. If you don't know what F8 and F6 is, F6 is basically pass until my next turn. Right, well, pass until the next turn. Right. And then F8 is pass until I can do something. Right. So that's like a quick way to play Magic Online. So if you don't play a lot of Magic Online, I just felt like that's one that's a little odd, so I should say that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, and if you play Magic Online and you're not hitting F8 at the beginning of every game, you're you're missing out. <laughs> I've never done it. I have six all the time. And I take my losses like a man. <laughs> so uh, I will say that um, Arena does make you click through everything. But it, assuming you use auto tapper. This is a huge thing that I realized when I've talked to a bunch of people because I put some polls up in a couple places asking what people think about Arena, wanting to talk to people about this and, and leading up to this episode and getting conversations just to get kind of a feel of where people are at with things. A lot of people don't use auto-tap on Arena. So it's just like anime magic online is like kind of how I would say it. It's like, like oh, a current charm does pop up. And when you're not using auto-tapper, I could see how that is basically just magic online, right? Like you're having to click through everything, having to do all these type of stuff. Uh, at least when it comes to tapping lands, which is the biggest time waster in Magic Online, for sure, in my opinion, at least, um, besides having to pass-go, pass-go. But if you're using auto-tapper, it's not that big a deal. It basically does your mana right all the time, like I talked about earlier, and it's so fast. I would say the only downside is it's hard to tell how many lands you have because they bunch it up for play space. So I'll give you that point for free. Um, but I'm going to take a point here. You don't lose because of the clock, ever. Like, you have to seriously time out of an arena. Like, you have to walk away or have an impossible board state to figure out because they give you – it's so lenient on time that I haven't played a combo deck, to be fair. So maybe combo decks like convoluted ones are hard to play. Uh, but even then, on arena, your opponent's going to clock you. I mean, I'm sorry. On Magic Online, your opponent's going to clock you. Like, like let's be real. I played KCI, but I've clocked people on, on Magic Online playing KCI. And that's not good testing, but I'm incentivized by the program to do that. The incentives are there for me to be like – Sorry, dude. I'm four one in this. I'm four one in this league, and I really want the spy though. So, combo me. 
and they spend 10 minutes KCI comboing me. And then it's like, cool, we got 12 for game two. I'll play the Stony Silence. <laughs> right, I'll beat you seven minutes, go. Like that, that happens, and it doesn't happen on Arena. I win, like, when you play Teferi decks, you win all the time just by tucking your Teferi and looping and looping and looping it. So, I think that is a big plus to Arena. Like, games aren't decided by clock, which is something I know a lot of people didn't like, to be honest. Yeah, that's true, but I do think that interface aspects aside, like, time management is something that I think that people also need to play test. Sure, that's fair. Like, because that's something that's a problem in real tournament magic as well, is that, you know, you don't just have this, uh, you know, infinite amount of time that you can use in order to try to do things. And while you do get roped in arena, you know, it, it is more lenient, and there's not an overall match time. Like, you could play a game of arena, hypothetically, that lasts an hour, right? Oh, like I, I've, I've done it. Right? There's yeah. no there's no prohibition to that. And that's not conducive to what it is that you would be looking at for actual playtesting for tournament magic. Like, if you're doing that, that's not particularly effective either. Like, managing the clock and figuring out how to win in time is a skill you also need to test. And that's a skill that Arena is not incentivizing you to think about. That's fair, but how how important do you think that is to your magic career? Like, on average. Like, like if you had to give it a percentage point. I don't know. I don't time out. So <laughs> I, I, don't, yeah. I don't either. I never time out. Yeah. I, I, I never hit draws. I never time out. So like, that's not I mean, even I, I have seen that, that that affects players. You know, particularly we talk about the PPTQ level, mm -hmm. right? The number of unintentional draws that happen at PPTQs is astonishing in comparison to other events. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's a skill that people should focus more on than they are because they are negatively impacting their overall tournament performance by not playing timely and getting into draw situations on games that, that had no business being in draw situations. That's fair, but here's where I think that the stem of that comes from, and it's just another point for Arena. People don't play test enough Magic. That's just the truth. I have a lot of people who like go to PPTQs every weekend that I know personally. Tommy Bitter said I can call him out on the podcast when I want to. So, Tommy, how you doing? You don't play test for Magic online. You don't play test for Magic, which is fine. You have a real life and those things happen. But Magic Arena gives Tommy a chance to play more games with Magic. So when Tommy goes into a game round one, he doesn't need to think about what's the best way to sequence this stuff. And he's already put that time in ahead of time. And it's been more efficient for him on Magic Arena. Time is valuable. Time is money right now. And Magic Arena is about probably twice as fast as Magic Online, I'd guess. Like, like if you were to play a league on Magic Arena, which is a constructed event, versus a league on Magic Online, it takes me about an hour on Arena. It takes me about an hour and a half to two hours if I'm playing a slower deck on Magic Online where I'm playing Modern, which is absurd to me that Modern takes longer, but whatever, that's fine. Uh, and so with Arena, his time is more valuable, it's more precious, and he can play those quick games too, right? Like, you put your dog to bed, you play a quick game, uh, the dog scratches the floor. Important. <laughs> and so, you know, that happens. And when those things happen, you're able to go back in and you're able to play these games. And when you're playing these games, you're learning things. And then now, and the moment you don't have to think about these little things. Because I watch people play at PPDQs and it's like stuff that I learned forever ago. Because I played the deck, like, you know, I'd be playing the same deck as someone. And it's like, you just always do this. Like, and like nine, nine, nine times out of ten, it's right. And they don't have that practice. So they don't know. And this like per, uh, decision paralysis happens. Thanks to Arena, I think Magic players are going to get better. That's not really a hot take. I think in... Three years from now, we're going to see the same thing that happened with Magic Online that I hear about, where, like, before Magic Online, players were like, you know, there was the great ones and then, like, people, and now everyone's risen. I think Magic Arena is going to do the same thing, and you can mark my words on it. I'll take anyone on the bet. And I think three years from now, the average Magic player is going to be insane. So, I, I can understand what it is that you're coming from. So, your, your primary point there is that it's faster to play games on Magic Arena, yep. and so it gives people who have limited playtesting time more access. Exactly. Okay. I, I can understand that point. I don't know that that's going to happen <laughs> um, because I, I haven't seen an uptick in people's playtesting habits seemingly from at least what limited amount of people it is that I've been in contact with with the rise of leagues 
which Magic Online League certainly increased the playtesting speed that you could do things. It's expensive. That that's just it's like Magic. Let's just be honest. Magic's a luxury hobby, right? We are in a position that's different than a lot of people, right? You and I, and it's expensive. Even with mana traders, for some people that's more expensive, and then you still have to buy into the leagues. You have to do well, and you have to dedicate this time. Where even if you're just playing quick games on Magic Arena, like the best two out of threes, which I think are not the optimal way, you're still getting games of Magic in for much cheaper. Now, to be fair, Arena, you're currently, a lot of people are still grinding wild cards because they're not going to spend money on Magic Online. They're probably not going to spend money on Arena, to be fair. But Arena's free-to-play nature will get them into the ecosystem where Magic Online, it's free to play after you buy in, but we all know it's not. Yeah, my credit card statement shows that it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and especially because of what it is that you end up focusing on testing. Yeah. Right? Like, if your focus is on just grinding as many ticks as possible on Magic Online, then, like, you might be able to play Magic Online without putting a lot of money into it. But you might also not be getting the most valuable playtesting that you're going to be getting um, for that. But this is a good transition, I think, to talk about the economies of each of the games. Yeah, that's important. Um, because you're talking about the free-to-play nature of it. You know, Magic Online, uh, it does have cost. It has a pretty high cost as far as events. Like you can't really log on there and play very effectively without putting money up. You gotta, at, at first. At first. Yeah. You know, and even going forward, you got to pay for leagues, right? Because yeah. if you're not playtesting with leagues, you're not getting the most effective playtesting generally out of Magic Online. It, to, to be honest, between this, like, in the, in the sake of honesty and everything, I will give you this point that when I bought Mana Traders, I bought $20 worth of tickets, and I haven't bought tickets since then, and that was nine months ago. So right. I, I have been going infinite on, Mana Trader, on Magic Online for nine months. So it is possible. I will just say that. And I'm someone who's definitely not as good as other players. So right. keep going. I just want to give you that point that you can do it. Yeah, it's absolutely. Hard. Absolutely, you can. And, and the payouts are structured that way. Particularly yeah. if you're playing in competitive leagues or whatever, and if you're if you're consistently finishing three two or better, and if you four one or five zero a league, it sets you up for quite a while. But like it's it's you can set that up and you can grind it in that way, but the cards aren't free. Yeah. And the interface as far as the economy of Magic Online is horrid. There's no question about that. The trading system is bad. Having to use the bot system is bad. But Magic Online has a benefit that Magic Arena doesn't have, which is things like Mana Traders and Card Hoarder and these other companies, not sponsored, but, you know, interested in talking, um, uh, that, that can supplement the economy. They supplement, they supplement the access to the program. So any limitations that are there in the program, you can supplement outside of that. Like, you know, Magic Online changed playtesting as far as I was concerned. You know, I played this game for a long time. Magic Online changed things like, dramatically. Mana Traders changed Magic Online. Like, this was a separate company outside of it that that economy then, like, completely was blown wide open as a result of that happening. And that doesn't exist in, in MTG Arena. There's not anything that's outside of the program that can supplement the economy. And, you know, they've got a real problem right now with their uh, fourth card, fifth card uh, problem uh, when you're looking at Arena. I, I will say the fourth card, fifth card problem has an announcement for the fixing. It's going to be fixed, it seems, in early Q1. My guess would be when the next guild, or the next uh, Guild of Ravnica set comes out, uh, Ravnica Allegiance or whatever, I think they'll fix it then. Yeah, Ravnica 2, the legend of Curly's Gold. <laughs> yeah, it's Ravnica 3, baby. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so when that, uh, when that set comes out, I think it's going to be fixed then. That's me reading between the lines a little bit. But there is a fix coming, and the fix will be that you won't open duplicates of cards. Which will make the process a lot quicker. So when you're not drafting, when you open a pack, you, until you open all the uncommons, you won't open another uncommon. Same for rares. Like, we well, have to get four of every rare before you're going to open another one. At that point, it's like, what are you doing? So um, I will give you that. I will say that. Well, let's let's open up. I think you're open talking about money. How much do you spend on mana traders a month? What level are you at? 
I'm at the $30 or whatever the lowest room is. Okay, the second. There's actually a $10 one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, so, whatever the $30 one is. All right, so you're at 30 I did the $60 one. Right. Uh, so I have access to way more cards. Part of that's for streaming and whatnot. Um, but... And and with the thirty dollar levels, with a couple of uh, you know occasional clever use of tickets, I've been able to build basically every deck in modern. Yeah, at, we, at, we, at we can play level. anything. You, yeah. I'm sorry, you can play anything you want in modern. Basically, yeah. you can't play legacy, but who cares? Right. Uh, that's what upstairs is for. That's so, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but with that all being said, I will say that let's say that I spent my mana traders money on Magic Arena, right? And instead of paying sixty dollars to borrow cards. Let's say I spent $50, and every month I decided to buy $50 worth of gems to get the maximum value, and I ran comp drafts with that. If you do well, like I do on Magic Online, you can build a huge collection. I am now 17 drafts deep going infinite on Magic Arena. I haven't lost money 17 drafts in. Now, we didn't want to talk about drafts. We're talking about the economy here. The drafts are different. You kind of abuse it a little bit, uh, for sure. And so, you know, I... Spoilers, I draft Boris, like, every time. That's all I ever draft. <laughs> uh, and so, like, because of that, it's different, but, like, you're able to build up a collection, and, you know, in the in the state of full dis- uh, disclosure, like, uh, but I should say disclaimer, I spent $150 on Arena, but part of that is investing in what I think is the future in Magic, and I think also the future with me in streaming, because I want to be able to stream Magic, so I'm in a different position. So I've spent more money than I probably would have if I wasn't streaming, to be honest, probably, like, $100 more than I wouldn't have, but you have, I have, like, all the decks now. Like I can play anything I want if I if I waste my wild cards. I don't because I have decks I like. Wow, red white. I did it. Whole, I'm gonna edit that out for real. Uh, <laughs> red white uh, deck. I have the green black deck. I have like all the versions of that. I have delicious mastery deck. I have Jeskai control. And if I use four wild cards, I have the Arclight Phoenix deck. But I refuse to craft Arclight Phoenix because I'll open one in a pack eventually and I'll craft the next three. Apparently never. <laughs> I, it's so many drafts in. I haven't seen. It. I have so many packs. I'm so unlucky. Uh, but. I think you can, if you invest your money and you think about it, owning versus renting, if you, if you are like me and think that a Magic Arena is a real way to test, then when December 6th happens and the big esports announcement happen, we don't know for sure at the time of this recording, but I'm pretty sure they're going to be announcing big tournaments for Magic Arena that you can play in to earn money and qualify for the Pro Tour. And when that time comes, you're going to wish you had more money in Arena. Yeah, but I mean, I think that you may hit on a key point there that it, that is different from what it is that we're talking about overall. Like, Magic Arena is really appealing to you because you're a streamer. Sure. Like, Magic yeah. Arena is really appealing to you because you want to stream. And it has is... Over at twitch.tv slash Clark. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag always promoting. Now, yeah. there's no question There's no question that Magic Arena is a better program for streaming than Magic Online. But that's deflecting. That's not the topic. What we're talking about well, is which one is better for playtesting purposes. But you said, you said the, envi- the economy. Yes. So that, I, that's why I didn't want to talk about drafting stuff, but I did. is because I was saying that you can do things to make it cheaper than Magic Online. That's what I was saying. So I, I'm sorry if, it, if I maybe went off a little bit too far there. But the, what I was trying to say is basically is that if you invest the same amount of money that I'm investing in mana traders in the Magic uh, Arena, right, you will build up a substantial Magic collection. It is going to be easier as time goes on because as more standard sets enter the format, it's normally harder for cards to break out, quote unquote. And as such, you won't need to craft as many cards. So really, the only time it's going to be the hardest is at the beginning of a rotation, which is what we saw right now when everyone's building new accounts and a new rotation's happened. So it's very hard. Yeah, but but in three sets, it might not be that way. But you're always constantly going to be stuck in the situation that you used to have with Magic Online, is that you have to have all of the cards. And like, you know, on Magic Online, before Mana Traders or before any of those types of programs and things, it's like if you were playing a deck and you were like, mm, I think that I'm close, but I probably needed to change three cards. And then you go and look through your collection, and it's like, I don't have those three cards. 
And now I've got to go and I've got to get a bot and I've got to try to get him. And do I have ticks and do I have to do the whole thing? Like that was a, a rough time. And like the ease that you have now with something like Manitraders to be able to make those changes on the fly as you're playtesting is just something that Arena doesn't have unless you've had the ability to build up a collection where you've had access to essentially everything. That, that is fair. But so let's say that you are particularly testing Green Black. Because I think Green Black is the deck that best exemplifies what you're talking about. Right. When it comes to Green Black... You can do so many different things, right? You can play Druid of the Cow. You can play Elves. You can not play Elves. You can play Adventurer's Impulse. You can play the Explorer Package. You can not. You can play Gregory Feinberg. You can do so many things. You can change it. But you only need to own green-black cards. And a lot of cards that you're switching up a lot of the time are commons and uncommons. And like I said, I've put a lot of money in the game. So I have, like, an excess of common and uncommons. But if you do, like I said, and you put $50 in for three months, right, which will get you to where I'm at right now in the game, I have, like, 100 uncommons and, like, 150 commons. The only thing I'm limited on is rares and mythic rares like i could craft the entire next set that comes out i could have like two of every card like when it comes to like the commons and uncommons before i bet and I when you say commons and uncommons you mean wild cards of those things yes sorry yeah so i i have like uh, like 100 uncommons 150 comments so for, i can for, anything why don't you explain that just briefly for people who may not know how that system works sure so the way it works on magic arena is that you get instead of having dust like in Hearthstone, which is like where you trade in cards to get like a little bit of money back kind of like you're selling to a store on Magic Arena, you get these wild cards that you get for every time you open a pack. And drafting counts. So, like, when you're drafting, it counts towards working towards this. And you get uncommon wild cards and common wild cards, which a wild card is, you can just, kind of as it sounds like in a normal game, you can trade in for any card. And then every fifth, every five packs, you get a rare. And I think it's every four sets of rares, you get a mythic when it comes to opening packs. And then sometimes packs just come with wild cards. So, instead of having an uncommon, you get a, a wild card uncommon. So, it's any uncommon you could have wanted. So, when you're like me and you've bought, like, $100 for the Dominaria, right? You have a lot of uncommons. And then eventually you work towards the Vault, which the Vault is the solution to the uh, the problem with the fifth card, where when you open the Vault, you get three uh, uncommons, three rare wild cards, and a mythic rare wild card. Or maybe it's three, two, one, two rare and one mythic. So you get stuff even when you open up stuff, and there's a percentage result that I don't want to go into. But you get these wild cards and you can trade in wild cards for whatever you want. And that's essentially how you get new cards besides opening them. But like, like I said, when you draft, you draft for keeps just like on magic online. So a lot of times I'll admit it, I rare draft cards. Like I see a uh, March of the multitudes. I'm like, this is a sweet Boros deck that has a March of the multitudes in the sideboard. And I just take it right. You know, it's fine. So uh, as my counterpoint for magic online, I'm now going to explain the economy for magic online. You get ticks. They're like money. You use those and buy cards. Uh, that's good point. it. Good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're wrapping up here, Trey. We got, we're at the 40 minute mark. Is there anything else you want to say before we kind of talk about our own like thoughts on this and not just debating it? Um, no, I think that we've hit the, the key arguments. I mean, these are most of the things that I think we've seen pop up and also the stuff that I think that, you know, been able to think about in general, you know, between these two programs. Um, and hopefully this has been illustrative for people of, of kind of what the state of these arguments are. Yeah, for sure. So let's, like, you know, put down the debater thing. Trey, I'm going to ask you a question. I want your answer. Do you think Magic uh, Arena is equal, less, or more effective for testing standard than Magic Online, assuming we're only talking about a competitive events? Um, I, I think at a minimum it's equal, okay. um, uh, honestly. Um, in, in full disclosure, I have been playing far more Arena over the last month than I've been playing Magic Online. Uh, just, it's fun. Yeah. A symptom that is we don't have any standard events, to be fair. No, we don't. Yeah, so we're not incentivized to play. I will, I will disclose that because they're saying anything is true for me. So you think it's equal? I do. Yeah, I think it's equal as well. 
Uh, I, I'm a pretty strong believer that in a year and a half to two years from now, we won't test standard on Magic Online if things continue the current way, like, at all. It will be relegated to only eternal formats and drafting. Um, but when it comes to standard, I think it's just going to be Arena. So I think the speed thing can't be underselled enough. And while Magic, the biggest thing going for Magic Online is something you said earlier, and we talked about before the show, so I'm glad you brought it up, is that you're incentivized to be on the cutting edge on Magic Online. And that is big when it comes to tournaments. Yes. I, I do think you can test cutting edge things on Magic Arena. It's just harder because it's hard to get the cards for if you don't invest money. So there's a little bit of expected upfront cost when I'm talking about and, that. And there is something that I think is important to to bring up. And this is just in, in you know, we're no longer debating from a particular position. Yeah, we're just talking. Is that, is that it's important to understand that Arena is a program that is in beta. Mm-hmm. Like this is not even a program that has been full released. And the amount of progress that they have made in the build that they're in right now, even from what the original beta was to now, the closed beta to the open beta, they have continued to innovate in, in the support it is that they're doing. And so what it's going to look like even six months from now, I think is going to possibly even be drastically different from where it is. And uh, as longtime Magic Online players like myself will say, that's not true of Magic Online. I mean, they are not taking the feedback in regards to Magic Online, and they're not making innovations to that program. At, at least not at a, a rate that's acceptable. That's right. Yeah. And so, you know, I think part of the thing that we're going to see as well, tinfoil tin hat on for a second, is that um, you're not going to see the amount of support for Magic Online that you're going to see for Arena. And that Arena is going to take over as a program because it's going to be a better supported digital project, the Magic, the product than Magic Online is. Yeah, I agree with that a lot. I would also say that just in the time since it's gone to open beta, so many things have changed. Like before the card problem, you couldn't minimize the cards in the stack to see the board was huge. Um, you couldn't even choose to see who would go first and second. Now you can choose play draw. Yes. That's huge. So they're they're making real things and they're doing them in a somewhat acceptable time frame. I will say, you know, Trey, Trey knew that I'm not happy with the vault system and the wild card system. So he kind of threw me into the bus there. I'm very upset with it. As someone who spent a lot of money, but... That's an effective debate tactic. Yeah. <laughs> Let your opponent hang themselves. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I am not the biggest fan of it currently, but they've announced changes, and I've basically decided that I don't, I shouldn't put any more money in, because of where I'm at with standard and everything, until a new set comes out. And then, honestly, my plan going forward now is grind, 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 get as many gems as I can, which I should probably... You didn't know about this, so I should probably say on the podcast real quick. The free-to-play model in Arena, the most effective way people have said and. I've watched some videos and looked at articles is you get gold by doing your dailies and playing competitive events and whatnot. You save up gold to draft casually. I will say real quickly okay. on the dailies is that if you have a daily challenge that is only 500 gold, oh. no matter what it is, just go ahead and reload it and try to get a 750. Every time. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. So that will give you about 1,000 gold a day, which gives you one draft a week at minimum. So you um, you do that. Then you do kind of casual drafts. You do as best as you can. That gives you gems. And that's the most cost-effective gold-to-gym ratio in the game right now at the time of this recording. So you build up gems to do competitive drafts. And then if you get four wins in competitive draft, it's for free. If you get uh, five wins, you, like, make money. I think six is more. I might have that backwards. Am I only, am I only no, 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 three no. Wins? It's, it's four, four wins is free. You get 1,500 gems, which is how much a competitive draft costs. Okay. And then at uh, five wins, you get 1,800 gems. And then at uh, six wins, you get 2,100. 2,100. Okay, yeah. sorry. I, I, it's weird because they give you something at start, so it looks like you already have a win, and yes. it throws me off every time. Yes. But so that that's the way to free-to-play it. So if you've listened to this, you're like, man, I really like Magic Arena. I would suggest you do that. Just They give you a bunch of star decks, too. After the first week, they give you basically like one of each check land and a bunch of cool mythics, so it will help build your collection. So just do that. Work towards it and grind, 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 grind. Because that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to try and free to play it as much as I can, with accepting that I need to probably put fifty dollars in every time a new set comes out. 
to just draft more, which will also make me better at limited because I'm a big believer that playing magic is the best way to get better at magic. I need to get better at limited. I want to make the pro tour, but I never practice limited. Magic Arena is at least letting me practice limited gameplay. Yes. Like attacking and blocking those kind of trades and learn cards and sets where it's not, I mean, not drafting isn't as real as Magic Online. It does give you that. So it's helpful. Well, but I think it can also make you fall in love with it, right? Mm-hmm. Like like the idea of it is there's so many people who play Constructed only who don't play Limited because they're like, oh, the gameplay's not interesting or this is whatever. And then if you're playing those and you're getting into the games and you can find those moments where all of these different things happen and that are interesting and intricate and, and different from a game-to-game standpoint, which doesn't happen as much if you only draft Boros in order to ground gems. But No, it does. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I was agreeing with you. It's happened with me yeah. that I only grind Boros. Like the way I interact with the things is I think I'm a person that really likes to learn a thing and then move on to the next thing and boros and arena it allows me to draft it every time so now i'm like experimenting with new things in boros so it's like maniacal rage doesn't look that good but i got all these one drops maybe i should try playing maniacal rage i think it's the name of the card that yeah, plus, yeah. plus two plus two plus two plus two uh and, and the creature can't block yeah it's very good on healer hawks yeah <laughs> i put it on healer hawks i'm like pop 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 so you know like i think uh it's been helpful for that and i've played more limited this format than anything besides cube yeah like ever so yeah, I, I think it's helpful. I think Magic Arena, I think Magic Arena has some real problems. Um, I'm not going to doubt that at all. I'm not trying to say it doesn't. But I think it's set up to be more successful in the long run. And I think it's important that people understand that it is not less effective. What's less effective when it comes to testing, in my mind, is going in with a mindset that it is. You yeah. need to be practicing and working on the things that you can control. Well, And the final thing that I'll say... Um is that I know that this was set up as Arena versus MTGO. Yeah. Right? That's the debate that we had, and that's the debate that's been raging throughout the Magic community since the launch of this program. Right? That's what it is that we've been dealing with. That is the wrong debate. Yeah. Okay? Sure. That That is not the right question that should be asked. That is not the thing that we should be looking at. What it is is that you should be playtesting more Magic, and you should be using the tools that are available to you in order to play more Magic, in order to get better and play better Magic. And what it is that you have is you now have an additional tool you have Magic Online. You now also have access to Magic Arena. They can fill different roles. They can do different things. And they have different strengths and different weaknesses. But it's really is that you now have one more weapon. You have one more tool in your toolbox that you can use to get better at Magic. And digging in your heels like we did, you know, tried to do in the debate here today is not really going to be the way to go. What it is is that you want to avail yourself of all of the available information and all of the available tools that you have in order to improve your game. Yep. I'm going to say this and I'm going to do the wrap up. Trey, when you're talking to someone about a magic deck and they dig their heels in the ground about how uh, or Elf is a must-play in green-black and they won't change their ways, is that really a telling sign of someone who wants to do their best? No. That's a telling sign of someone who would rather be clever than win. So, why does that happen with Magic Online? If you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Mason E. Clark. You can find me on Facebook at Mason Clark. You can find the Even Odds podcast on Twitter. I realize I should probably promote that as well. <laughs> it's, in my, it's in my bio, but at Even Odds Pod you know, on Twitter. And then Trey, if someone wants to find you and talk to you more about how Magical Line is the best and you really got me, man, where can they find you? <laughs> you can find me on uh, Twitter at Trey MC. You can find me on Instagram at Trey MC. You can find me on Facebook at Trey McLarnan. Uh, and you can find out, as always, any of my film projects and what's going on at bestpartproductions.com. Yep. Thank you everyone so much for listening. Make sure to check out the other shows in the network. Um, you know, Seth Manfield, Johnstone, they're on CC. Common Knowledge, it's a podcast about Popper. You can get to the Pro Tour playing Popper now. So if that's a way and you love Popper, you need to check those guys out. Them and Color Commentary are like the two best Popper podcasts. It's not close, but like from what, from what I understand, and you should definitely be listening to those guys. So check out Common Knowledge and Homeward Path, baby. You're on the way home. This is Homeward Path. All right, and we'll see you all next week.
Trey, that this is where you do wow, okay, at the end of the episode. What's that? Trey, at the end of every episode, you do a wow, okay, or some sort of little skit like SNL, and you just go like, wow, okay, I guess it's cool to ban a 16-year-old because he had some counterfeit cards in his deck or whatever. My bad. You know, that you do that thing. I was playing Arena. I wasn't really paying attention anymore. I thought the episode was over. Um, so you want me to do a wow, okay? Yeah, you, you have to do one every episode, Trey. I have to do one every episode? Trey, Trey, you just do it. You just you yell about something at the end of every episode. It's not that hard. You, you hold on a minute. Wow. Okay, you're going to change this to a weekly podcast and you expect me to write a comedy bit in multiple times throughout the episode every week. There's no pressure with that. Why don't I just go ahead and get a job? We don't even have a Patreon yet. And you're like, write a comedy bit. Come on and just yell about something. I'm just not a big angry person who just screams all the time. That's preposterous. Wow. Okay. Roll this next week. <laughs>